Adam. This is Bringing It Backwards, a platform for both legendary and rising artists to tell their personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had the chance to speak with James and Brett of Friendship over Zoom video. James was born in Northern California in Berkeley and around 10 years old moved to Colorado. Talks about how he got into music, started playing drums around fourth grade, was in choir, chorus, musical theater, and also played soccer. Brett was born and raised in Washington, and he had a similar story. Started off on drums, also a soccer player, went to college for soccer, and didn't really start taking music seriously until he blew his knee out and was unable to play soccer. So he started focusing on music. He talked about moving to L.A. to pursue a music career, moving back home, moving back down to L.A., and that's where he eventually met up with James. They are working at the same store together. They talked about how they started writing music, having one of their songs go number one on Hype Machine, the success of Capsize, putting out their record Vacation, where they were when COVID happened, and all about the next few songs they have coming out. Most recently, they just put out a song called Try, and before that, a song called All My Friends. And they talk about both those songs and what's to come with Friendship. You can watch our interview with Brett and James on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. We'd love it if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're an Amazon shopper, a portion of your everyday purchases will help support our podcast with just a few clicks. It's super easy. Please head over to our website, bringingitbackwards.com, and click on Amazon each time you begin your purchases. Those few extra clicks will help keep our mission of providing a platform for both legendary and rising artists to tell their personal stories on how they achieve stardom so that all artists and music enthusiasts have access to meaningful and memorable advice that will help inspire their own musical journeys. To recap, please head over to bringingitbackwards.com and click on Amazon before you make each and every purchase because a portion of that purchase will add up in a big way to help support our mission. Thank you so much. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with friendship. So this podcast is about the both of you, your journey in music, and we'll talk about the new song coming out with, with friendship, what, on Friday? Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. Sure. I had a chance to see you guys. Uh, I'm I'm in Nashville now, but I'm originally from San Diego. You you played with Glades, uh, oh, yeah, a couple of years ago. Yeah, where'd you see us? Um, was that box one, in San Diego. Yeah, with the balcony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has that balcony? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you guys had Glades as your opener, so I I saw you back or yeah, whatever that was a couple of years ago. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. Nice. Well, first off, where let's start with you, James. Where were you born and raised? Born in Berkeley, California, and oh, then cool. did about ten years in Northern California, and then Colorado. But you know, Colorado was like more of the formative years, so I say Colorado. Okay, so when did you move to? How old are you when you moved to Berkeley? Uh, from Berkeley, we moved. We moved to Colorado when I was like ten or eleven. Uh, okay, so you're born and raised in in yeah. Northern California, and then at ten you moved to Colorado. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Right on. What was it like? Yes, uh, yeah. So going from Berkeley to Colorado, what was it like? You know, definitely changing weather. <laughs> I know. I was the hot Cali boy in Colorado. No, I was. Uh, <laughs> I was like ten. Uh, no, I was good. I don't know. I remember. I mean, 
just, I, I was pretty young, but uh, I remember, I don't know, I really kind of fell in love with the outdoors pretty young because of Colorado. So we lived kind of in the mountains or beginning of it. So yeah. how did you, cool you get into music? Um, I've kind of been doing it my whole life in some capacity. So my grandma was an opera singer and then my mom had a, a little bit of it too. And I did not get that talent by any means, but, uh, yeah, so I started out kind of drumming was the first, I'd say far right into music. So like, you know, somewhere in like fourth grade, I started taking drum lessons. And oh, then, cool. uh, shortly after I started singing in like choirs and, um doing like like renaissance music kind of like really old school stuff when i was pretty young and then that led to like as did musicals uh quite a bit through you know middle school and high school and and then in college i was i played soccer so music kind of like fell back behind that mm -hmm. and then um yeah, eventually I just started kind of like teaching myself GarageBand and then it led to Logic and I started making like like shitty diss songs to my oh, friends cool. and just uh, <laughs> made like songs. Yeah, like really oh. bad beats with just like, yeah, just terrible lyrics. And but yeah. Um, and then, yeah, singing, 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 excuse me, I sang choir in college. And then eventually, yeah, I got a degree in sociology, which who the hell knows what you do with that. And then. <laughs> And then I went to a music school, like a production school in LA after college. And that kind of kicked it off and led to me doing some film and TV scoring. And then uh, I got into a DJ duo and I didn't like that. And then fast forward to, I met Brett at Lululemon when I worked there part-time just to make ends meet. Okay. And that's kind of my quick hit of how I started. Right on. What about you, Brett? Where were you born and raised? Uh, Spokane, Washington. Okay. Um, and yeah, it's, it's odd. Our stories are so, so similar, not necessarily in moving, but like, yeah, both played soccer in college and, um, yeah, we we're just kind of jocks growing up that had music always available to us and always around. And I also started drumming. Um, I took some drum lessons early in like second grade or something. And then I played in like the school band and um, junior high and all that. And then kind of wanted to start learning about melody and stuff like that. So I moved over to guitar and just started teaching myself that. And um, yeah, got to college. I ended up um, blowing out my knee in my sophomore year in college. And so I, that was like the first time I'd ever really been away from playing soccer. And so I was like, I'm going to go record some songs and see what that feels like. And they're terrible. And hopefully they've been completely <laughs> on the internet and all of that. They're but, saved in my library. I've got them still. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, uh, yeah, so that, that was, I kind of fell in love with that process and tried, and I played a few shows in that kind of time. And, yeah, it was like, it was just as new, like the whole, like the world got opened up to me a little bit. It sort of felt like, and, um, and yeah, after college, I spent a little time kind of chasing a pro career and in soccer and just kind of was like, didn't see, it's like my, the you know, my friends that really were making it as pros and like, you know, their salaries were still just terrible. Mm -hmm. And so it didn't feel like something like 
that felt like something that had a cap on it. Like I could go be as good as I could ever be at playing soccer and I wasn't going to make much money. And sure. so Take with that, I kind of, <laughs> well, yeah. so no, but I, um, it was more, it wasn't like, I'm going to go get rich playing music. It was just, well, if I'm going to be broke, I might as well do something that I can do for the rest of my life. And, um, yeah, do, do what I love. And, um, music really held that for me in that moment. And, um, yeah, that was enough to like push me over the top to be like, all right, let's go figure this out. And so moved to LA, failed, moved home. Um, and then was kind of, it was a more like an eye-opening thing. I'm like, all right, I have a lot to learn. I need to like figure out how to run a DAW or like, you know, logic or whatever. And I need to learn piano and I need to, and so I just kind of let that be college round two, albeit in my parents' house, um, in my childhood bedroom. And, um, yeah. And then, then moved down and yeah, also got a job working at Lululemon. Mm-hmm. and met some guy that was in a stupid dj group <laughs> and, <laughs> um yeah just kind of we hit it off as friends for sure before uh before we tried anything musical so you were in la taking a shot at music and then you you moved back home and then came back again yeah um the the more dramatic version is i i got meningitis Oh and ended up moving home. Um, I was also dead broke. And I think my friends were getting tired of me sleeping on the couch. So it, it was a convenient meningitis. But <laughs> <laughs> a convenient meningitis. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But uh. yes, yeah, so then moved home for like two or three years and always was coming back down to just try and meet people and whatever, do whatever you need to do to make it in music i guess yeah so like when you come for somebody listening that was just like okay i'm gonna pick up my stuff and move to la like how do you even like approach that like i don't even i wouldn't yeah. even know where to begin so for me it was definitely like one of those times where it was like well what else could go wrong like or like how much worse could it get and i guess just kind of a low point in my life I guess maybe and I mean I had two thousand dollars to my name and two thousand dollars on my credit card um so I was at kind of a dead even when I moved down here mm-hmm. and I moved into a studio apartment with two other guys we were paying like three hundred dollars in rent um and that proved to be the hardest year of my life um but one you you are so grateful for now you look back and um yeah i mean and it gives you confidence to face uh whatever comes next too Mm -hmm. and we didn't like no one knows what they're doing when they enter like the music space and or like especially as an artist and Mm -hmm. um there's no one route really it's just right yeah fling shit here or there you know (laughs) sure and that's that really is it is like you pick you kind of do something that makes sense for you in your head. Like you say, all right, I'm going to try this and then do it. Mm-hmm. And some of it's going to fail miserably. And some things that you didn't really expect to succeed will succeed. And 
after years of doing that, at some point you're going to say, oh, this is actually a career that I have. and This is what I do for a living. And um, I think we're both a product of that approach. And when you guys, yeah, obviously you said you worked the Lululemon together and you what, were showing each other songs. You just figured out that you both were musicians or trying to pursue music. And when did you decide to work on a project together? I mean, so I was there, I was at Lulu like a month and a half before he showed up maybe or something. So all my You're coworkers knew. New. Yeah. So all the people there knew I was, in, was trying to do music and then Brett shows up and told them, you know, he does music. And they were like, you guys should make a song together. And we were like, oh, okay. All right. We'll see, you know, <laughs> everybody does music, but I don't know. I think eventually we, I think we were both semi burnt out on what we were doing at that. I, I was for sure. Yeah, I, states. I think we both were fried on the current paths we were on. So I don't think we were, we weren't interested in doing any music together. We just became buddies and got drunk around Santa Monica for a couple months. And I think eventually got, really grossed out and tired of that <laughs> and then uh i think we played some stuff for each other and you know i thought his voice was nice and i think he thought some things i did were cool in production but i don't think we were that into each other's music at the time <laughs> um but we liked each other and i think eventually we just tried a few things and tried to make a song and uh the first few were pretty good um kids was one of the first uh, ones we did together, like number two, or I don't remember two oh, or wow. three. And then, and then, uh, eventually from probably from his, you know, years of trying to make it down here, he had some contacts at like ASCAP and some other people. And I think it found its way, this pile of a few songs found its way to ASCAP and that got passed around to a couple publishers and found its way to prescription songs. And I'm step, skipping a few steps and maybe two years or something, but eventually we, uh, yeah, we, we had a couple pub deal offers to go, you know, to go sign. Um, and that got us out of Lululemon. Wow. And was that with those first few songs? Like what was the, I know obviously capsize is a, it was a huge success for you, but it sounds like we didn't before have that. that yet. You, no, yeah. yeah. You had a bunch of other songs that kind of got the, the, the ball rolling for you. Like, was there one particular one that people were like, like ASCAP came to you and were like, yeah, we really like this or they just keep um, hearing what you're doing? Yeah, I think it was more the latter. Like I, we, I mean, for me, certainly, maybe this was the case for James. I think it was, but for me, these songs, like, I think it was like kids and maybe like two others or something that never got released or I don't know, but playing them for friends or whatever, I was noticing a far more genuine reaction out of them than I'd received in the past, you know, when you play. Oh, this doesn't suck. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, oh, this is so good. And (laughs) you hear that, like, you know, with the first song you ever play your friends and it's terrible. And so, but now like playing it for actual music friends and like people that weren't just whatever, regular supporting you. Yeah. And, uh, and they were genuinely like, this is really great. Like, will you send this to me or, you know? And so I don't know that that kind of put in my head, like, Oh, this seems like it might be something worth putting my time and energy into. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. So then again, we just kind of like kicked and 
clawed at like whatever we could find to have someone get on board and help us or whatever. And yeah, via ASCAP got introduced to Katie Fagan, who was really kind of just getting going um, as a publisher um, over at Prescription. And she's in Nashville now as well. But uh, she kind of just took us under her wing, became like mom for us and continues to be mom for us. And um, just like she was booking shows for us and things like when, in those early days. And it was just like, we need to, like, if you want to be artists, then you need to do artist things. And, um, and it was so validating just to have someone else, you know, helping mm-hmm. in that kind of way too. So all of that, like, and she was just doing everything she could to make, like really just make sure the music industry knew who we were. And so we were taking, we kept like a spreadsheet, I think. And we had like 40 meetings with different labels. Wow. Uh, By that time we had capsize and we played capsize for them in all of these meetings and not one of them like tried to like give us an offer or anything. Really? Uh, And then nothing. Yeah. (laughs) And then, song comes out and they all almost every single one <laughs> came calling back so of course right once they see it go crazy yeah and like, <laughs> easy investment bad so and so dumb but like it, it is it's like it, the music industry is not based on music anymore it's based on statistics and numbers and um I, there are definitely pockets that are exempt from that but mm-hmm. um, yeah there's 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 the, yeah there's good ones yeah there's purists still but um, <laughs> you know the, the majors operate off right. of numbers and well they can look at data in real time now right i mean they can yeah. come on and be like oh, yeah well, almost this song only yeah. has yeah this song only has five thousand plays why are we going to waste our time they need yeah. like yeah. you almost have to build yourself a brand totally. prior to even being invited to the table to have that conversation anymore yeah. totally so so once you you said you were getting shows booked uh pretty early on your publisher's booking your shows what was it like playing together for the first time like I, obviously it sounds like you've been in other you're in uh, various projects prior and then now you're together yeah. in your duo what was that like pretty bad yeah it's very bad um <laughs> we were is, we were bad to be expected you have to go through that stage right yeah sure you have and to I go think, out and suck and i think part of that is like like for me that i I'd, I'd spent a lot more hours like on a stage than James had at this, at the start. And <coughs> musical theater, done, excuse me. Right. Well, that's what I mean. <laughs> I'm kidding, kidding, kidding. But really like you had musical theater experience. I didn't. And he had DJ experience and I didn't. And then I had like pretty boy singer songwriter experience and he didn't. And so it was weird. I mean, so for both of us, this was a completely new thing to be in this very specific like at the time it started out just the two of us we're like well shit we need to help so we started hiring out band members and bringing in friends and stuff and then it just started to feel a bit better and um and really we were still terrible it's it's not a great um equation or um situation to be a terrible live band and have a song starting to pop off at you know us pop radio and so but fortunately we got booked on a tour that was probably a month or two too long but it forced us to get really good 
live. Um, in a really... 63 days, 62 days. Is that oh my gosh. It was, yeah, pretty. 50, 60, something like that. Yeah. It was 53 shows, I think 54 shows, but yeah, mm-hmm. in a short, like maybe six, 70 days. Or I don't know, but it was, wow. it was taxing. Yeah. Or, but it worked. Who did you tour with? Did you, or were you doing your own tour? We opened for a band called uh, Cherub. Very much not our world. But oh, yeah. I know the, I know the name. Way back. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> and you did that oh, many we, shows. Wow. Yeah. We got to play some cool venues. We got to play like, so I grew up right by like Red Rocks. We got to play that. Oh, got, wow. So there were some very big shows and that was, and some small ones too, but that's so definitely cool. gave I, I want to go yeah. there so bad. I've, that's like it's a, yeah. it's a cool place. Yeah. To, to go see. And I, and there's like certain, sh- there's a certain vibe I'm sure for that place. I mean, your music would probably be perfect there, but like I saw like, you see some shows that are going through there and I'm like, I don't know if I'd want to go see no effects play red yeah. rocks, right. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Tame yeah. Paula or Gla- glass animal, something like that. I feel like it's just like a different vibe for there but it's i've never place, been i'm just yeah. going off of what i've seen online <laughs> and everything it's that's cool, cool. It's, yeah it sounds really good there it's nice to it's awesome nice to play there so yeah. did you have capsize at this point when you get on yeah, the yeah. tour okay so that we so put what, out capsize april of that year and that tour was in like september or something or yeah when that when you put that out how quickly did it like really take off it was pretty fast did it really immediately yeah it was within a week and I think it was, which maybe this is a, I don't know, a tapping into like what's happening right now a little bit, but like our, um, that was the first, like we were, we put out like three songs. We had a song with Matoma, a DJ from Norway, and mm-hmm. he was having a moment and, and he got us a lot of like notoriety on, in the blog world. And so we went, we got, number one on a hype machine with that song that we did with him oh wow which is and huge then, that was a yeah. huge deal then right I mean, yeah the they were they like, were the thing right that preceded capsized by only a few months or whatever and so um i think we kind of can forget that part of the story too that like we kind of was a big part yeah laid yeah, a I bit mean, of groundwork and Sure, to have a number one song on Hype Machine. That was like, yeah. that's like have, being like Spotify playlisted, you know, nowadays, right? Yeah. Like, pretty equivalent, if not bigger. Yeah. And and so back then, it was a much more like, you know, people actually, you know, ran the playlist <laughs> at Spotify and stuff. And right, like, right, right, right. And, and so they, um, they, yeah, they started kind of, they, they found us and, emailed us and said we that your song's reacting really well and we want to help support it and um yeah very immediately it, it worked out wow okay and you put out truce was the first epu release and that had capsize on it mm-hmm. correct yeah. that big tour um so the next full record you put out or your your record was vacation tell me about that album that was a couple of years later though correct yeah, it was a few years later. We went through, yeah, so we, I mean, so Capsize brought us to Columbia and Sony, so we signed to them, and then put Truce out through them, and then um, we toured a ton that following year. We went to Europe with Bastille, we did some other stuff, wow. and then we didn't put out music, from what I remember, for a little bit, like singles or anything, 
I think we did, I don't know how many singles we did with them. Two, something like that. Two, three. Plus maybe, maybe like two or three with Sony or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then whatever it was, there's only a few. And then, yeah, it just wasn't going smooth over there. And we were struggling with, you know, getting tiny budgets approved and we'd made them tons of money. And it was just, uh, it was kind of just tough. And then they had a big regime yeah. change and our main guy got, got booted day two or something like that. And, mm. uh, so we're like, this is going to get ugly. We're going to get out of here. So thankfully we got out of that deal. Um, was, yeah. I've heard horror no, stories with that, with, with the person that kind of onboards you and gets you going in the label. If they, if they're gone, then right. Yeah. You know, yeah. It just, it just can leave. Yeah. yeah. And then they're not like totally vested in you, so to speak. Right. Find yeah. you or whatever. It's yeah. the, it's the cliche story i mean it's not unique to us for sure um, right no of course not no, i'm just saying i've yeah. heard that before unfortunately yeah 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 and then that led us to uh signing an indie deal with ninja tune and then we put out vacation through ninja oh, tune cool. um okay. but yeah that album was kind of uh we did most of that ourselves well we did some productions with other people but we did i think a lot of it ourselves right i don't know <laughs> I yeah can't remember. it was so long ago it was, um, I, a lot of it like we being on Columbia, we kind of just, we had this chip on our shoulders. I think there were, I mean, after even being there for like two years, there were people that thought we were DJs and they're like, I can't wait to see like, you know, I've set and like things that were like, I don't, I don't know how to DJ. Like I right. we're a band. And <laughs> I think we felt like we were always having to try and like tell that who, who we were. Yeah. Yeah. We had this, a, we have this chip on our shoulders or we wanted respect. Like we want like any band that matters more than right. the career itself. And, um, which is dumb, you know, at the end of the day, it's, you're just happy to be able to make music and get it out there. But in those early days, you're so precious about it all. We're like, no, we're a band. And we like, and like trying to say that we're talented or something, I think, but like, who cares? <laughs> like, and, um, and so, the album really, I think, was a response to that a bit. Like, we, we were like, we know that this is not technically a good business strategy to put out an album, mm-hmm. but it's what we want. Like, we want to be seen as an album-type band. And um, and so I think it was important as much as I think it, it was better than what it um, received in terms of, like, um, streams and all that stuff. Like, um, says every band who puts out a, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> a flop. <laughs> Is that uh, where I saw you guys? Was it on the tour for vacation? I think so. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Glades. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was the Glades because um, it must have been before. It was pretty quickly before the pandemic hit. It was like around that's not, I don't know. I can't remember exactly, but it was not that much longer after the, yeah, the world shut like, down. Probably like, and or like, yeah, June. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the the summer, summer of 2019. Yeah. 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 Um, but and now we're doing yeah. singles. Because <laughs> yeah. the album model doesn't work. Yeah, we've given up <laughs> any self-respect. And we just... <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. Where were you guys at when the pandemic hit? Were you home from tour? Or working on singles? What were, what were you guys up to? Yeah, we were... Um, we hadn't put out singles in a little bit. Uh, we did like a 
acoustic versions of the vacation stuff and put it out. But that following winter or, spring, or yeah, or January, February, we went out on tour with, uh, we opened for a guy named Eric Nam. Um, it's like a K-pop. He's just pop now, but um, okay. got, got big in Korea. And so yeah, we opened up for him and we were mid tour. And I think I got COVID pretty sure. Oh, wow. I'm pretty sure. Cause we were, we were like in and out of Canada. I mean, nobody knew what was going on. We were in that Canada. Right. We were in Seattle when it was popping off, San Francisco. And I think I had COVID pretty sure. And then uh, about a week later, Brett started coughing and, and he went down. He missed our, was it our last? Yeah. It was, he, he missed our show in San Francisco. Oh, so wow. I called, yeah, I had our keyboardist come up and play with me and sing. Her name's Celeste and uh, goes by Talker. But um, yeah, and then our last two shows in LA got canceled. So the tour was done. Oh, so you got sick, Brett. And then you, yeah. Then it started to happen. Like people were becoming more aware of totally yes. going around. I, okay. I started it, I, I kicked off the. <laughs> The shutdown. Yeah. I didn't know if it was you or Tom Hanks. Who was yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Tom. Pretty sure it was me. <laughs> Pretty sure it was me. Yeah. Okay, so then that obviously shuts down the tour. Um, and then once you're better, how? when do you start writing music again? And that was the... I actually heard this sentiment from quite a few artists of different, not not just musicians, but just art in general i think there was like all this pressure to create immediately once the world shut down because you're like right. all right i'm home and i have nothing to do so i need to like produce do the pandemic and, song yeah, yeah. Right, right right and i found that so stifling and so i think we both did and um that kind of pressure that we brought on ourselves like nobody did it we didn't have our team barking at us or anything like that necessarily but like um yeah I was, and so we kind of just said, we're going to chill. Like, we're just not going to do anything. And then, like, we do need to do something. Like, we need to write, but, like, let's take the pressure off first. And then once, um, yeah, it's, I, I come from such a, um, like, I don't know, we both do, but, like, we're, you know, jocks. And it becomes a bit of a militant. You, you find a process, and it's like, this mm -hmm. is how we do it. And and I I didn't really honor the fact that art and music requires emotion and feeling. And so you do kind of have to honor your feelings. And if you don't feel like making it, there's a balance for sure. Like you're not going to have a career if you only do honor feel it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't feel it. <laughs> yeah. But, be a lot of, a little, a little bit of music. Yeah. yeah. I'd rather watch a show. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel it today. <laughs> um, but <laughs> yeah, there, it, and I think James is—he has brought that out of me a lot. I kind of, you know, would call him a, I don't know, wimp or something. Maybe early days, but I've learned that. that I'm emotionally intelligent. Let's just say it. I'm emotionally <laughs> intelligent. Uh, um, but yeah, I think that that was that's been a big learning thing for me and all this of like, there are times when you need to just honor, like you're wasting your time by sitting there and staring at a screen, trying to force something, mm -hmm. go for a walk. Like you're going to have a thought while you're out there. Or like you're going to hear something. That, I don't know. Like go live to recharge the tank yeah. basically. Yeah. Sure. And I'm sure if you're sitting inside all the time, 
it's probably hard to get creative. And, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're not out really, really living life, so to speak. Yeah. So I've heard. So we just ended up t- taking time off basically that year. Okay. And he moved, he moved up to his parents' place in North Idaho in a lake. And I was obviously still in LA, but I eventually went up there with my fiance and we visited him and had a little lake time. And I don't think we wrote music till November, September, something in there, oh, wow. maybe. I don't Towards really remember. the end of last year. That, but that fall, I kind of remember at least turning it on a bit. Okay. Um, and then we, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. No, you go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, I was just, no, I was just saying then we started to kind of, uh, you know, think about actually finishing some of these ideas. And so we started getting going and, and then we got a pile of music together. Top of, top of 2021. I don't even, I'm losing track of the years. We're in 2021. <laughs> yeah. End of 2020. Beginning it's hard to believe it's almost 2022. Like what? Oh no, man. What happened? <laughs> I wrote, I wrote 2020 on a, on a check the other day. Oh my God. But um, <laughs> yeah, kind of top of 2021. We, we started getting a pile of music together, like 10 songs and um, you're starting to hear those now. So when did you decide, did you decide at that time to, to not put it out as like one project and kind of, like you said, play more of the singles. I think, yeah. I mean, I think since we put out vacation and obviously Brett said it didn't pop off big time. So, you know, that's what every artist says, but I thought that had some singles on it. I thought that had some, I could have had a larger life if we trickled it out a bit, you know, for a longer life. Um, So I I just think it's, well, for us, you know, it's going to take, a bunch of singles, I think, and building that momentum back up. So, yeah, for me, I've known since that album came out, it was like, all right, singles for a while. And then maybe down the road, we'll, we'll kind of make sense of it all and compile it into a larger body of work. But, yeah, I want to do like, we want to hit it like every four to six weeks, do singles, you know, starting in the top of the year. Nice. And I don't know, go well, as long as it, as long as it takes. <laughs> I mean, we're in it now. It started. Right. We're in it, but get yeah. on that rig, even more regular schedule of like mm. yeah, every month, every month starting in January. So. Rad. And you put out all my friends. Was that from what I read? Wasn't that kind of about your experience over the past year? Or did I get missed? Yeah, for sure. There was, <laughs> I think it's, I think we the, tried. The <laughs> we thought. tried to do the pit never song. Yeah. Uh, I think the thought kind of came from me in the sense of like, I typically am not someone who would say that ever. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm quite an introvert. I enjoy my alone time. And then uh-huh. um, I think we were in a session and we were just, I don't know, it was, yeah, very much like right in the thick of it all. And I was like, I miss my friends. Like I miss being around people. I miss all that. And mm-hmm. obviously it resonated with James who, He's also, he's become more of an introvert in his old age, but he's, <laughs> he's definitely an extrovert, like people pleaser. And so he's, he had stuff to say about that as well. And so it kind of made sense. I'm not a people pleaser. Did you see me on that flight the other day? Yeah. Oh, both. <laughs> <laughs> and you have a, your, your new song comes out on Friday. Like we talked about earlier, it's called try. What can you tell me about that song? Featuring our friend Lauren Sanderson. Um, we originally wrote, actually, we originally wrote it oh, a few years ago now, probably yeah. two, two odd years ago with Winona Oak. 
Okay. Another, um, oh yeah, singer. I've actually interviewed her. She's she's great. Yeah. Yeah, sweetheart. Yeah, she's yeah. great. We love we uh, we love any chance to work with the Scandies, any Swedish person sure. or um, people from Denmark and whatnot in Norway. But yeah, I wrote a few years ago with her, and it was like a pretty stripped back version um, of the song, and then. Yeah, we kind of built it up and reproduced it, and it, you'll you probably haven't heard it yet, but it's a little it's uh yeah it's kind of like a high energy song I think eventually it gets there, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah Winona uh, is not featuring on it and uh, was doing her own stuff so wanted to focus on not doing features so we started uh, sending it around to some friends and um. Yeah, we. I don't remember how we met Lauren Sanderson originally, but I think we just got connected from management or something. But um, I became like pretty good friends with her over the pandemic and mm-hmm. did some stuff for her project, upcoming stuff, and working on some songs for her. And then um, I, I think I just played it for her. And she's like, "That'd be sick!" And I, I just asked her if she wanted to be on it, and she said, "Yeah." So here we are. Awesome. And she's yeah. on, so she's on the song. She's the and um, aside from the two or what will be the second one you said you have a, a lot more songs ready to come out yeah um yeah we're i mean really we're sitting on we're sitting on about 10 that are wow like anywhere between probably 70 and 90 percent done um and then there's another five we're actually both in la right now um doing a bunch of writing again um just trying to keep it's really for us like at this point now we've never had this where we're sitting on like such a pipeline of music to put out and that's kind of fun because we're kind of just seeing if we can beat them like you know take oh the, sure just move move them on to the top and hopefully they all see the light of day and hopefully all, they all make their way out but um it's just a good problem now to like have so many songs to like put out and it's really i think the only process that I think could work for us, especially in a post pandemic world or whatever, where you're touring and there's a lot more things that take up your time. Um, Having that kind of pipeline gives us a lot more confidence to sustain momentum really. Sure. I mean, it makes sense with, are you guys playing shows yet or have you played shows yet? No, no, we're, yeah, we're starting to look at like touring stuff next year, but it's all, it's kind of like, cause we took some, so much time off. We want to get, you know, at least a few songs out and give ourselves right. a reason, reason to go on tour, you know? Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, we're, we're looking at some, like trying to look at some opening slots and stuff and take a little, do some low, lower risk stuff. Uh, just as we build momentum back up, like Brett said, and um, yeah, eventually we'll probably tour. I would, I would guess sometime mid to late next year right yeah awesome well i can't but wait that's a guess again. who knows yeah. what's going on you know i don't well, know i don't know if you went through uh nashville last time you you were on tour but hopefully we'll see you through through here because like i said i saw you in san diego <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sense, so um we usually hit nashville we've hit okay. it a few times yeah cool well yeah. i can't wait because like i said your set before was dope when i when i saw you guys play and i appreciate you doing thank this you interview too thank you yeah thanks for having us yeah yeah um, I have oh, one more question for you. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Don't overthink, honestly, is the... I jumped in there. James looks like he had something on the tip of his tongue. 
Be an accountant. No, uh, uh, <laughs> no, go ahead. You, I got one after you. Go for it. Yeah, I, I think that's because it's so easy to do because like I, like we said, like no one knows what they're doing. And so I've thought about that a lot, like, because I, I care about it. Like I do like helping people. I like, um, we have a few artists that are in earlier stages that we're, we try and help. And, um, and it's like, a, there's no, like you take our story, for example, there's nothing we did that like, I don't know. We just had a song pop off. We got lucky. Like, and so it's show up, like do the work, like write every day. Um, even if it's just journaling or something like getting thoughts out, like, like that creativity is, is definitely comes from some kind of creative muscle in there that, uh, requires developing and like nurturing. And so put in that time, but really it's like manage your, your expectations and your emotions and just keep hammering away at it. Like make a thousand phone calls and, um, yeah, just find, find your, your market really. And that starts within the industry, get your people on your team. Um, cause music is subjective. Like I hate a lot of music that some people love and vice versa. I love a lot of music that some people hate. And so to me, there's a home for, for anyone who's trying to do it. I love it. James. I was, <laughs> yeah. Um, kind of what he, at the end, what he said, I would, two things I would say there's space for it all. I really do believe that. So create what you want to create and what naturally kind of comes out and stuff. So yeah, I remember that. And then I think it's kind of, he already said this to a degree, but just get ready to outlast. You just have to get ready to persist and be in this for a while, potentially. Um, that's kind of it because it's a potentially a very long road and it's not a aim to get to one place and you made it kind of thing. It's just, you just do this. And if you do it for your life, you're going to get some wins. So that's kind of it.